Hi, it's Elliot Fishman. Welcome back to Musculoskeletal CT, focusing on trauma part two. And we mentioned, I think we were ending saying that there are clinical signs of vascular injury from heart signs, pulsatile hemorrhage, absent pulses, brewy, thrill, or soft signs, significant hemorrhage by history, decreased pulse. But when we image, we may know the information, but it's really the imaging that counts. And the patterns of injury from hematoma to active extravasation to spasm to stenosis, compression and occlusion, and everything else are all things we worry about. In the article we wrote about the lower extremity, we said that one of the keys of 3D imaging is the ability to uh, present things in a format that simulates a classic catheter angiogram. So for the surgeon and the other managing physicians, it makes life a whole lot better than simply looking at a bunch of slices. Now, in order to do a good study, we mentioned the importance of protocol, pitfalls, poor injection rate, poor timing of acquisition, patient motion, or significant artifact, for example, artifact of metal, or just artifact from the patient's gunshot wound itself. When you look at some of the numbers, even going back a number of years, a decade, Sensitivity of CTA was in the 90 to 95% range, specificity over 98% for detecting arterial injury to the extremities. Uh, this article by Rigger, MDCT Angiography, provides significant and reproducible technique for the detection and characterization of arterial injuries to the extremities. That article also talks about that CTA had substantial potential as the initial method of patients with suspected arterial injury and be the only study. And indeed, that has been the case now. Angiography is typically used if there's active bleeding, which doesn't stop, or to prevent some areas with bleeding from progressing. But the diagnostic capability is typically going to be in the hands of cross-sectional imaging like CT. Article by Anderson, upper extremity CT angiograms with 64 slice CT demonstrated adequate technical quality in the majority of cases and performed well. In that article by Anderson, upper extremity CTA, in conjunction with clinical assessment, allowed 88% of patients with penetrating trauma to undergo conservative management. We talk about types of injury that we can see and that we will see. Arterial occlusion, arterial extravasation, pseudoaneurysm formation, focal stenosis, or perhaps a combination of any two of the above. Now, I mentioned in the first part of this series the importance about protocol, and I can't overemphasize. How do we want to do the studies? Upper extremity, ideally arms over the head, but when necessary, arms by the side work. It's typically a 25-second scan delay injection in the contralateral extremity at 4 to 5 cc's a second, we talk about a slice thickness of 0.75 by 0.5, and we look at some of the images. Very nice example of a patient with the arms over the head, and when you look at these images, there's the patient's IV line in place. You can see the soft tissue imaging very nicely shows you the, the patient's detail. And again, you can see all of the soft tissue imaging. You can see the bony imaging as we go from volume rendering with high or low opacification. And we come here again, rotating the patient around. And if we want to use color, we can use color. And when we want to, we really can isolate the specific findings that seem to be critical by going in there and actually removing structures that may obscure it. 
So although we finished um, some areas of interest by looking at visualization of the entire data set, I think one of the things we recognize when you do trauma imaging and particularly musculoskeletal imaging, often the best way of showing something is taking things away. So the whole concept of editing structures is not so much removing something that might obscure, but something that in fact may get in the way or just minimize your ability to visualize. So for example, if we look at this case, first we see very nice correlation of the brachial artery, we see the axillary artery, we see the correlation between a schematic and an actual 3D CT, and the same thing in the, uh, the anatomy of the forearm from the interosseous artery to radial and ulnar arteries. The ability to do 3D visualization, we talk about just sliding back and forth interactively from muscle to vessel to bone, taking bone away and everything else in between. We say that arterial injuries of the upper extremities occur in both blunt and penetrating trauma with uh, the traumatic abnormalities also including spasm, external compression, dissection, AV fistula, and the like. So those things can occur, but they're very rare. Article by Bozier, CTA is an important tool for the evaluation of upper extremity arterial abnormalities talking about a 24-hour availability, rapid acquisition, minimal invasiveness, rapid throughput. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, now that we're able to do the studies quickly, there's less delay. The pressure is to do the studies even faster. So there's always something that people complain about. High-quality CTA of the upper extremities is feasible, 24-hour availability, rapid acquisition, and rapid throughput. Now, we talk about looking at vessels, we speak about the pelvis, we speak about the upper extremity. Uh, this article here, Continuing Upper Extremity by Franz, current multidisciplinary team with prompt surgical management resulted in successful outcomes in upper extremity arterial injuries. Uh, we talk about CT study of choice to identify hemorrhage, air, blood, bone fragments, hemothorax, nerve, musculoskeletal lesions and vessels, and is useful for assessing uh, medical legally the uh, trajectory and the other anatomic sites as risk. So if you know where the patient had trauma, it's very easy to kind of figure out what's going on. It's also very important to know where the patient had injury would affect on where you look for problems. Uh, so for example, if you know the patient had a stab wound and a drop in hematocrit, you're thinking about that possibility. If you know the patient had blunt trauma, then perhaps you could have vascular injury, but the likelihood is far less than for a stab wound or a gunshot wound. And when you look at the articles, the things that work well in CTA in other areas work well in MSK, active uh, extravasation can be seen, minimally invasive, easy to visualize the pathology in most cases. We talk about the whole idea about a multidisciplinary approach, even for trauma. This article by Franz does make the point that just like pancreas, you need something for injury. So you need something for vascular injury 
And whether you have a nine point score or a 12 point score, you need something to figure out, are you triaging the patients with trauma correctly? Are you getting CT correctly or are you not getting CT correctly? Are you doing the 3D correctly or not? There's a whole set of problems. In this article by Regalini, we talk about CT being the study of choice in musculoskeletal trauma, both from a patient care and a radiologic perspective. This is a good example of showing you with some color mapping, two sets of volume rendered images showing you the shoulder. You can see the clavicle, the superficial femoral artery behind the clavicle running down to the brachial artery in the patient's arm. You can talk about the importance as in blue here of removing bony structures, which gives you a much better visualization of that vascular structure. Or here, again, the ability to visualize becomes very critical. The understanding of what we see is a little bit dependent at times on uh, what's there and sometimes what's not there because, uh, in fact, you can be fooled. We talk about this whole area of visualization. Just a wonderful look at the patient's left subclavian artery to axillary. Just very, very nice flow. Also, this case shows you the importance of bone removal. I have the vessel segmented out. I can track that vessel and chase that vessel. I can look at this set of images and see the chest tube in place, prior surgery in the left shoulder, and now the drains in place, which should be pulled back slightly. But you can see the everything on the image, and depending how you accentuate the images, you can see more or less. This case also makes me remind you that you always need to look carefully at the original data. In this case, you can see image on your right that the patient's axillary artery from subclavian is blue, which means it's going to drop out of the data set. It looks like an occlusion of thrombus. Well, this was artifacts. You need to be very, very careful. Computer-generated artifacts still can occur at very dense structure interfaces, so things need the clavicle or spine are indeed going to be critical. And just remember this case, because if you see it, you will remember it on other cases as well. It's a very, very critical finding. And here's just some more images. It's interesting in this patient, this patient was actually going to be evaluated uh, for a potential transplant when this patient had the uh, altercation. Now, when we mention stab wounds, sometimes it's hard to see the act of bleeding. Here's a very subtle blush on the images, but that's all it takes. But again, very um, uh, interesting visualizations. One of the things I am showing you is a range of visualizations, so it's somewhat interesting on what is it you can see. Now, going back to a little bit the protocols, let me just say that I mentioned the importance of the patient remaining still and cooperating. Timing is a critical issue. So where we inject, if we're going to do tracking, where we measure, you track different places. If you're looking at the aorta, then you're looking at the popliteal artery. And so you want to be very careful that you have things down to a science. You want to know the anatomy. And here's anatomy of the lower extremity. So you can read that yourself. But it gives you a very good feel of the vessels, there aren't that many, but how you see the individual vessels branching. We look at this case, CTA with a gunshot wound to the thigh, and we're going to look for any vascular injury. You see the air in the soft tissues, and you track this downward, and you see even more air. It looks like a fasciitis or something, 
So what could it be? The patient just had surgery. Well, it looks like a fasciitis. Here's the 3D. The muscle masses look great. The, the um, contour looks fine. You look at the vessels, arterial and venous uh, maps that you're going to get. Uh, here's the arterial maps. And what we're doing here is we're going to do dual energy. We're going to take the bony structures away. And voila, you have simply very, very nice vessels. So again, very, very important technique. I mentioned the various types of injury. Here's a nice example of uh, the popliteal artery with spasm, the vessel still patent. So one of the things you need to be careful about at times, sometimes the vessel looks very small and it can be due to intramural hematoma. But you also have to look at a case like this where the vessel is minimally dilated, narrowed, and then normal. There you're worrying about the possibility of spasm. And indeed, that was the scenario in this case. And I'm showing you again multiple images, rotating the images. You get a feel of the artifact. If you couldn't move that metal, you couldn't say the vessel was patent. But again, once you move the metal, it's very easy to rotate and get the right answer. Now, in terms of missing things, some of the comments that were made about missing uh, processes with CTA include arterial enhancement that's inadequate due to timing of the contrast injection, motion artifacts, inadequate positioning, streak artifacts, dense calcifications, similar density of vessels and bones, and the like. So those are all true, but uh, that's not been our experience. I think a lot of these things you can avoid. Timing becomes very critical. You need fast scanners, so it's somewhat difficult. Here's a good example of a popliteal artery on the left, which is you scan downward, you lose it, and it's occluded, then it begins to come back. Look at the soft tissue injury in the posterior popliteal fossa. Or this case, look at this example of uh, lower extremity weakness on the right. Well, when you see the images, you recognize that when you look at the vessels with the common iliac downward, everything looks good to the left uh, superficial femoral near the patient's um, uh, bifurcation as you're coming near the patient's knee. So you're looking very carefully at that vessel, and you see what looks like an occlusion. When you go up a little bit, you can see the next vessel shows you very nicely what's about a five centimeter gap in the vessel. There it is again as I rotate. And this patient had a bleed from a gunshot wound. You can see there's a big hematoma here. But again, looking at the patient's vessels become a bit trickier. When you look at the vessels in this patient, again, the issue becomes some of the artifact from the total knee replacement, which kind of makes it hard. If I take things away, I'm still stuck with that metal there. There's some work being done on looking at making these things even better. Here's a good example of being able to remove the outer uh, components down to muscle or to bone. So again, it's something that can be done, but it's something that does require a little bit of time. As I mentioned, dual energy makes this process easy, particularly at the base of the patient's skull. Now, soft tissue injury, I've shown you a number of examples of soft tissue injury, but CT's role with soft tissue involvement is um, fairly specific. Here's an example of a patient who was bit by a Rottweiler. Police shot the Rottweiler. It still didn't open its mouth. So the patient really had severe injury. The patients had other processes and bandages on the lower extremity. You can see, um, when you look at the images, you can see very nicely the vessel map. Very important looking at the popliteal, 
looking at the anterior tibial, posterior tibial, and perineal. Just follow the vessels downward. You should see them in their uh, entirety. You also notice here the importance of bone removal. It makes it much easier to show a specific finding very nicely there or here as well. Let's look at some clinical applications. I think one of the most classic is looking at pelvic fractures. Questions we answer is, the fra is there a fracture present? What's its extent and surgical planning? And we've written about that, that uh, from a surgical perspective, multi-detector CT is a valuable tool for the evaluation of patients with traumatic hip fractures or fracture dislocations. Example number one, patient with hip pain, negative plane film. There's the fracture line, which you can see nicely particularly on the 3D, which you can rotate around. You can see the impaction, very nicely shown. Or in this case, looking at the left femur, a very subtle fracture is present. This slight impaction by the neck of the patient's femur, it's very subtle, but it's rare, and I'll show you subtle by putting it by the arrows. We look at other cases, an extensive fracture, in this case, anterior and posterior column, you can see medial displacement of the acetabulum. You can see the femur is nearby. You can see clips present. You can see as you move forward the reconstruction of the pelvis. You can see from originally the femur pulled out of the acetabulum, and that's how it remained. And you can see now is when you're looking at it with the detail we have, the color coding of cartilage, the fracture extent, the fracture involvement, and finally, this case, which shows things long gone, bilateral, um, we see right-sided hip dislocation and fracture and multiple fragments of bone. It was really a comminuted fracture dislocation of the hip and of the patient's femur. Just a very nice example of a classic appearance. And the importance of interaction is shown well in this case, where you see the ability to uh, have a fracture dislocation pull the bone away. You still see soft tissue in the joint space. That was taken away. You also notice this patient had had this original scan and then had been reduced. Unfortunately, there was such a large fragment of bone off the uh, femur, there was no way of reducing it. This was a nightmare for the patient. It was finally done. And you can see when the patient finally has surgery, uh, you'll be able to try to rebuild the acetabulum and femur, which can be very difficult. It's uh, often um, impossible, even though the images don't look that bad, to improve the result. It can be very, very tricky. And in this example, you would take out the uh, femur again, and you could have very nice three-dimensional images. So again, it's really a turnkey process in some sense. You need to be thinking, what is it you're going to do with your data? You can automatically do a reconstruction. If so, will it have contrast? Will it be vascular? Will it be 3D imaging? Will it be multiplanar? Are you looking at the thicks or the thins? What is it specifically that you do? And only when you define the protocols will you get things perfectly done. And with that, I'll stop here and take a break, and we'll come right back. Bye.